Welcome to another episode of the Disco Posse podcast. You're listening to a conversation with Steve Wiedemann. Steve is the founder of the Wiedemann Consulting Group. He's got super crazy good knowledge about SEO, content marketing, how to get found. He has so much great education on this. And anyways, lots to cover, but I want to give a huge thanks, of course, to you for listening. We just flew past a whole bunch of new milestones here at the podcast you can of course follow us on youtube if you go to youtube.com forward slash disco posse podcast you can see the episodes now the same day they launch if you wanted to watch uh, it's kind of cool i'm a real fan and obviously we're, we're getting viewership it tells you that a few people like both the video and the audio side so thank you very much for listening and watching now and of course a huge thank you as well to all the fine folks that make this podcast possible when it comes to protecting you and your data, you got nowhere to go. But the folks at Veeam who have everything you need for your data protection needs, whether it's on-premises, whether it's in the cloud, whether it's cloud native with their Kasten platform, whether it's things like Teams and Office 365, everything you need needs to be protected. And they've got everything around orchestrator and, and recovery. So it's not just about protecting, but recovering. Backups are only good if you can recover the bloody backups. Anyways, go check it out. They are over at vee.am forward slash Disco Posse. Easiest way to find them. They've got a really cool campaign going right now. So go head over there now. Go to vee.am forward slash Disco Posse. And as well as backing up your data and protecting it that way, make sure you protect it in flight, in transit. Wherever you are, the best thing you can do for your privacy and protection is to use a VPN. Look, there's weird stuff that goes on out there. There's lots of data that's being captured and also just stuff that you don't want. You know, those little ad pop-ups that are flying all over the place. A good way to prevent that and save you from getting your data stolen is go to tryexpressvpn.com forward slash discapacity. I'm a user of ExpressVPN. Also really good for user testing. If you're testing from remote locations, you can actually choose your location. Great way to do stuff for web testing. And of course, one last thing. Better than anything, start your day with Diabolical Coffee. Go to diabolicalcoffee.com. All right, this is Steve Wiedemann. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Steve Wiedemann. I am the founder of Wiedemann Consulting Group, an adjunct professor at uh, two different universities here in California and the author of SEO Strategy and Skills. And you're on the Disco Posse podcast. Now, this is the fun part because I also made the critical error up front, Steve, that I mispronounced your name right out of the gate, which is probably like the worst <laughs> thing you could do. So thank you, Steve, for, for joining Wiedemann. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's always the trick, too, when you when there's two eyes next to each other in a in a text, you're never sure. Like when you type something into Google, it's always like, I think you meant Wideman. I'm like, no, no, it's <laughs> Wiedemann. It is Wiedemann. <laughs> I know. I know. In, in high school, I was wild man, and um, in the army, uh, my my peers just called me weed because <laughs> nice. it was shorter and easier and lazier. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all the things. But the the WII is like the game system, right? You call it the Wii, so it's you know That's if you associate it, yeah. it with Nintendo, you know, you have Weedman. So the the chat today, we're going to cover a lot of really interesting ground because 
we're in a digital cornucopia and as such you want to make sure that you're you know eating from the right side of the funnel when you're trying to make sure that your content your voice your persona your company gets to people in a meaningful way uh this is one of the things that everybody struggles with and whether it's just somebody they've got a little side hustle and they're looking to up their game they've got a shopify store perhaps a coffee company as uh, as one would have as well uh it's a really really seemingly black box world to a lot mm -hmm. of folks who are just trying to figure out how to get an idea to the market and they probably aren't able to really fund a strong seo person you know so just like many things right we kind of go it alone and as a result they learn bad habits it's like i'm going to learn how to swing a golf club and i'm going to learn how to swing it badly and then when i go to try and learn how to do it properly it's going to be really hard to unlearn the bad things i've learned so anyways so i i'm excited about the chance to chat and uh, and learn from you you've got a lot going on so steve if you want to give a intro to you we'll talk about weedman consulting we'll talk about your the work you've done your courses everything and uh you know get into the fun stuff absolutely you know I, i'm I'm just a digital marketing nerd, <laughs> like the rest of us. <laughs> uh, been, been in the game 22 years, uh, started as a freelancer. I got to work from some exciting companies like Disney. I ran the the paid and organic for Disneyland.com and Adventures by Disney back in the, uh, the 2000s. I uh, left the corporate and agency world in 2010, decided to be a family man, be closer to home and, and see if I could develop my own business. And went through that scary entrepreneurial transition and... Uh, fortunately, because I was already freelancing, I had some existing work that could carry over into that. So I had a bit of a handicap and having worked for Disney also made it a little bit easier to get new clients. Um, but uh, yeah, so since 2010, I've been you know, helping multi-location brands like Public Storage and Meineke and Skechers and e-commerce brands, also Skechers and Bob's Watches and some other really fun companies, Belkin and Linksys, um, you know, to, to develop a strategy to make sure that they're appearing more often and in search results, not just in Google, but in Bing, and in some cases, YouTube and Amazon as well, um, and to develop a strategy and cadence to make sure that we're continuously growing and improving our visibility in search. A couple of years ago, I decided, you know, I wanted to, to look back at what my, my dream was, you know, 10 years ago, and it was to teach. And I'm like, well, I'm getting close to that 10 year mark. I better get out there and start doing it. So I started uh, doing some adjunct teaching uh, for certificate programs at UC San Diego and Cal State Fullerton, and even at the community college here in Fullerton. So I, I've enjoyed that process. I've kind of curated my own content to create our little academy of search that we created to help uh, business owners that are struggling with figuring out what's in that black box. So we've we've sort of uncovered everything that, that a business needs to do to create a plan, whether they do it themselves or whether they hire someone to do it, at least they know the what of what needs to happen and they let the resources manage the how. So um, that's been an exciting journey. About a year ago, um, I got tagged to help write a textbook for students and support the courseware building for certificate programs. So not only will you, uh, you get to read some, some really organized SEO content with uh, the textbook, but uh, you'll also get some cool courseware and, um, and lecture slides. And so if you're a teacher and you want to teach SEO, you know, talk to the folks at Stukent, uh, ask them about the SEO textbook if it's something you're interested in teaching. 
Um, and then, yeah, the vision for us for the next year or two is really just to continue developing courses and programs that allow us to scale outside of just being on the phone, consulting with clients. And we'll see how it goes. But um, the journey's been great. I get to hang out with cool people like you and, and talk search and uh, geek out on uh, nerdy technical uh, web design topics and um, have some fun. Well, this is the fun thing now that it's becoming part of curriculum. It's such a such a great thing because quite often I remember taking like I was I was already in tech and I said, well, I better I have a high school education. I was I sort of snuck into tech at the timing. You and I actually came into tech around the same time frame. So I was finding myself suddenly working at, at Sun Life Financial doing desktop support and then working up to server support and then like really launched up into you know, to you're meet playing Oregon Trail and Odell Lake on your Apple IIe, just like me. And That's right. <laughs> so we had I had this like sort of getting through there and I said, well, I better go back and, and actually back up the luck of getting into, you know, the hotness of tech in the late 90s before because nobody had creditation right like there was no course for doing what we were doing there was no windows support novell support in universities so i said well i went to ryerson university in toronto and i started taking a certificate program but they were teaching stuff like like old networking that was long since dead and i'm like i work i'm like i work day to day at sun life we have some of the oldest systems on earth and they're newer than the stuff that we're learning in this textbook. Wow. And it, it really taught me that like the fundamentals that make it through as part of curricula do not get updated very often because it's hard yeah. to keep up, right? You can't just keep swinging with, you know, the latest, you know, moves and fads. So there's always this gap. So now it's great to see that mm -hmm. like true digital marketing and SEO and it's making it there where people can learn this instead of just getting out to the world and having to find a peer that can say, all right, come, let's sit down. We're going to, I'm going to give you a fire hose of information over the next couple hours. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, and it happens more often than not, even in the contract that we have right now with, um, uh, with Stukin, we're required to update that book every year now. So I'm like, Maybe we should update it every six now. Let's just do it every year. But you know, it's it's tempting because you know Google just made a round of four updates, you know, just over the last couple months. So it's yeah. it's so dynamic and changing. The results look different every year. You know, they're moving things around, adding new features and elements. You're you're seeing videos now with you know with the different time sections in the search results in a web search, not a video yeah. search. So yeah, it's it's a it's a very dynamic field to be in and. Um, you know, any information from three years ago should be scrutinized for sure. That that's it is interesting to see that shift. It's like I go to look for something. And it's like I had the other day. Like, how do I how do I f drain my dishwasher when it hasn't drained properly? And you just type in how do I drain this model of dishwasher, and it comes up. And the first result is like four minutes and 17 seconds into a 22 minute video from some rando who just like posted this thing it has literally like 117 views like this isn't even <laughs> like viral videos that are getting indexed okay. but it somehow said like at this mark you you got what you want and i clicked it and they're like by golly i just learned yeah. how to do this <laughs> and what what an incredible opportunity for emerging brands that are trying to build trust and credibility and and drive remarketing you know and um 
we we did this with public storage. We actually created 12 different videos um, similar to what you're mentioning, like how to, such as um, how to uh, store and pack glassware, how to move your refrigerator, how to store a piano, right? All these these tough questions that people were asking. And so we got with a, you know, a local college and got a, a, you know, a fun little um, team of, of, you know, sort of not necessarily amateur, but but uh, in training folks to help us with these really creative, funny videos, uh, we created pages for them and uh, we were able to see, you know, one cent cost per views on YouTube and uh, other video networks because nobody was really using that kind of upper funnel content to build brand awareness. Like you said, it's your, it's your you know, common Joe's video that's showing up, not these branded videos that could have a little bit better uh, production quality and, um, and benefit from a, a, a paid uh, element to that instead of just being organic. They could, they could augment that with paid and organic and have double visibility. So for cheap, because there's not a lot of competition for that type of content. So I'm, I'm with you. I think there's, there's a huge opportunity for every business you know, to take a look at and, and look beyond that lower funnel um, myopic view that we have around just get customers to let's let's build a brand. Let's get people to know about us and how we work and what to do. Let's provide as much helpful content as we can possibly come up with and optimize it so it shows up in universal web search results and Google um, uh, video search and YouTube and image search. Let's make sure that all those those elements of of this content we plan to create are optimized so that they can be found and uh, i see a lot of business owners that are just like i just want customers i don't want to waste any money on anything that's not going to drive immediate customers and it's like well this content is going to drive a ton of customers for you in two to three years from now if you can if you can have the patience to build that that foundation um it's going to drive a lot of brand visibility and trust uh, it's going to to help with your remarketing and your marketing automation process, and you're going to generate a lot of business. But you, you've got to get over it. You've got to decide, I'm going to create really good, helpful content. I'm going to use tools like Answer the Public or SEM Rush's question filter or Conductor Searchlight's, um, you know, a buyer, you know, journey phase tool to to find some of those opportunities, map them out in a big list, and then just start chipping away at it. But I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's amazing that some guy with 117 views was able to displace brands that have millions of dollars of budget and they're not even paying attention. <laughs> yeah, when this is the like the company that makes the bloody dishwasher didn't even show up in any of the searches okay. like that. Well, the bigger the brand, the the less of the branded type um, marketing they do. We're doing that right now, and I don't want to put them on blast, but both Applebee's and IHOP, neither of them have a blog. Neither of them have content marketing. You could you could use a site operator in Google, site colon, and then applebee's.com, site colon, ihop.com. And all you're going to find are menus, news releases about new items and specials and promos, but no how-to, where-to, why-to, recipes, none of that. In fact, some of the branded questions that people ask about those brands, if you just search for them, that show up in the questions people ask, they don't even have content for so other websites are getting their branded traffic so we're we're working through a, a plan right now to address the branded first so that if somebody does do a search for anything that includes our name that we've got a page of content that answers it or a section of content on a page that answers it um you know and then we're going to go into some of those non-branded opportunities so you're you're right you've, you've hit it on the nail those the larger the brands 
the less resources they put into digital because they don't think they need them. My boss at Disney said that. He said, we don't need SEO, we're Disney. I'm like, well, <laughs> well boss, uh, none of our pages are showing up in Google search results because you have one page with a big flash um, you know, feature on it. And flash can't be crawled by search engines. And there's no pages for all these different travel to Ireland, family travel to, you know, to China type pages. So, you know, it's it's convincing stakeholders that that the brand itself isn't powerful enough to be number one for search terms that we need to, you know, augment our digital marketing strategy to include, you know, really well keyword rich optimized content. Well, and yeah, the funny thing, yeah, there you go. So somebody searches out for an Apple teeny and they're going to get some mommy blogger with like, you know, how to make an Apple teeny at home. Like, cause that's, they are 100% aiming at like question and answer contents, mm -hmm. you know, recipe stuff, menu stuff, especially like there's every industry has its own struggle, you know, in the end, like you said, Disney in effect is fighting property management and travel sites who are saying like, get to Disney, stay at Disney. They're going to own that. Like the, the behavior of the person is not to go to Disney.com and work backwards. They're going to Google or go to their search engine of choice and say, you know, how much, when's the cheapest time to go to Disney? Yep. And, and it's they're finding uh, the Disney blogs and so forth. And none of the actual Disney owned content. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Well, and, and this really, there's two key areas that I want to drill in on. Number one, sure. you mentioned it right in the early part there is patience. So the patience of SEO, what is the, What's the formula to understanding the path to success in SEO? And obviously what I'm going to, what we're saying is not the ultimate, like do this thing and it works every time, but like what has worked because it, it is a moving target. You know, it's not just keyword stuffing and then showing up in Google the next day. It is, there is a path that's a lengthy one, but it has a long and beautiful thick tail on it. Right. I think that's a two-part question. Part one is, is setting expectations of what's what's involved and how long it takes. Um, the second part of it is building that strategy you mentioned so that you're not just doing SEO, but you're following a, a prioritized roadmap of areas to focus on. So that the first part and having, having so many years of experience in it, I've had to get better and better and better at it is setting expectations. You know, as, as we do start to work on a single page to get that single page to show up in search results, the first thing we want to make sure that we're doing is addressing the needs of what the visitor is looking for. So we look at those top 10 results that already appear for the keywords that you're thinking about optimizing for, and we look for themes. What are they, what are they showing? What are they displaying? What are the questions that we see in the people also ask section? What are the related keywords that are used in the search results? Uh, what other search terms are those pages receiving traffic from to help us to create an outline of how that page could be written? That's the first part is getting those those top keywords where they need to be so that in that initial crawl when Googlebot and Bingbot are crawling your website, they find those search terms and they go, okay, I'm going to test this page for those words because I saw them emphasized in a title, in a heading or in subheadings. Once they've done that, that, that keyword part, that keyword component is, is almost a mute point, right? It's not about that keyword anymore. Once they've already identified those words and they've queued you up to, to see how your page performs in their results for those words, now it gets into that second phase. So let's just say that content itself, 
once it gets on the website and Google can crawl from your homepage through your navigation links to get to that page. It's not just orphaned in a place where they can't get to it. They, they get to that page, it gets indexed, and now you're on page, I don't know, three, right? Maybe, maybe um, within three months, you find yourself at the end of page two of the search results. Now they're going to look at off-page factors. They're going to look at what they find across the internet about your brand and how it correlates to those keywords. Are other people across the internet using those words when they're searching for you? Are they searching for your brand and those words and those words in your brand, right? Or are they just searching for your brand? So getting people to search for you in correlation to those search terms and getting crawlers to find you know, the, the search terms that you want to rank for uh, adjacent to your brand name and of course, the obvious links to your page. Uh, you know, PageRank that Larry Page created back in the, the late 90s was what drove Google in the first place. They said, we don't wanna just use what's on your website. We wanna use what other websites are saying about your website and your content. So if you, if you go out there and you do a little bit of research and you find who's linking to those top pages, you look for creative ways to get other industry websites to share your content and link back to that page, and there's this nice pattern of links coming in over time. You know, look, think, think of a line chart and you've got this, you know, over time, more and more links coming to this page. Google's going to recognize that. And we're going to say now we're, we're on the tipping, you know, edge of page two, page three. Those links help us move up to page one. Now we're at the number 10 spot in page one. Within about six, seven months or so, we see ourselves on page one at the bottom. How do we get to the top? How do we get to that number one spot? And that number one spot is is the issue that a lot of SEO agencies get fired during that period because the, the clients just don't have the patience. You know, you said I was going to be number one for this keyword. It's been six months. Forget it. You know, I'm done. Like, well, there's this trust factor. Those pages that already rank, a lot of them have ranked for that keyword for years and and proven to Google through their history that they've been good results. You can't just make one of them go away. There's only 10, right? You, you have to earn your way there. So the, the links help you, the content helps you, but what's gonna help you move up to that number one spot is how users respond to your page. Let's say in a search result, Google, Google has 100,000 searches a month happening uh, for a certain search term. And your page that's been on page two and page three is now on page one. Um, they're gonna show you higher and more often We'll just say 10,000 times out of that 100,000 times. And they trust it. Like, hey, this is it's actually performing really well when I display it. Now I'm going to display it 50,000 times out of 100,000 searches. Now I'm going to display it 75,000 times. So, so you start to show up more often and more higher as they begin to trust that people are clicking on and staying on your website. So the, the action item here is, is to pay attention to the user behavior signals of getting people to want to click your listing because it stands out, because it's got rich results or a thumbnail next to it or star results or uh, questions and answers that are attributed to that, that particular page. Maybe even in some industries getting creative and using emojis and, and call to actions and titles and descriptions. And then once they do click on your listing, because that's the goal, right? With user behaviors, get them to click you more often. Uh, don't just call your friends and say, click on my listing because it's not sustainable and it doesn't follow that line pattern of behavior over time. It's going to raise a flag if you have it all of a sudden and then it drops. Um, it's making sure that it's it's a natural organic thing. Don't try to game the search results. Then they get to your page. If they go back to the search results and choose a, comp a competing listing, then Google starts to infer and Bing that maybe that listing wasn't very helpful and they start to demote you over time. So how do we get them to stay? We get them to stay by by using common 
uh, web design best practices, mobile web design best practices, and you know maybe following some hints from Google's guidelines. So we're going to pay attention to things like security and using a valid SSL. Privacy, is there a link to privacy policy? Is it updated? <laughs> is there an updated date? Uh, we're going to pay attention to accessibility because some of our users have impairments. You know, we're we're going to really focus in on our mobile user experience. Do we have a floating call to action so that we know the users know uh, what they should be clicking on without having to flick the page up and down to find a button somewhere? Um, you know, did we make it usable for them? Can they search our website? Um, can they call us? Can they verify that we're a real business uh, and trust our site without? Uh, having to go back and do a search for your brand name plus the word reviews. So so all of those things play a component in, and it could take up to a year or more. And it's really funny um, uh, how, how often we look at our results for a single page that we created and what happens at that one year point. If the keyword is, we'll just say medium, in terms of competitiveness, right? It's somewhere in the in the middle range. Right at that one year, our little line chart that's been growing slowly suddenly turns into a hockey stick right yeah. around one year. It's really interesting. Um, and and that hockey stick just kind of continues for the next part of the, the following year. It's, it's really exciting. For a competitive search term, um, that could be two to three years. As long as every month you're chipping away at having better, more helpful content, earning more links and mentions uh, off your website, and continuing to test different ways to get more people to click on your listing when they see it in the search results. If you're focusing on those three things every month, even for a competitive keyword like credit card or online casino or whatever, um, you could see yourself on the first page or higher within you know three years. But uh, but that's the expectation, right, Eric? That's the 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 thing that business owners typically don't have the patience for. But then you look back and like, man, if I would have done this. 10 years ago, That's how right. I have. If I would have done this last year, I'd be in hockey stick right now. I'd have yeah. my best December ever if I would have done this a year ago. And that's the mentality I'd love to have business owners, you know, uh, be thinking about next year when they remember this podcast and go, damn, I should have just, they went by like so fast. I should have just done it. <laughs> as the, uh, as the proverb goes, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. And the second best time <laughs> is now. Right. If you Absolutely. it planning to do things and look, I've been a victim of this myself of like, yeah, I should like build a content plan and then you get behind and then you spend more time doing the planning than just carving out content. Right. But you look at, you know, especially when you get into the areas of like capturing inbound content and affiliate marketing processes, like it's exciting to watch that world because the whole thing is just like, just keep consistently putting content out that's going to eventually get in there. And I've seen the conversions where all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wow. You know, you go from showing up in no searches to showing up in searches, but no click throughs, then showing up in searches of click throughs. And then, like you said, all of a sudden there's this thing and you're like this random page yeah. that looks like it should have just sat there and, and gone away is suddenly getting getting some heat. And then conversely, I actually bought an existing domain that had a lot of traffic and sort of try, I'm like, let me try the other side, game the system. So I actually started taking the original inbound URLs, which were now 404ing because the site had been gone and I was moving them to other pages and I was getting click-throughs and I was actually seeing results. But then I let that site wane in the activity and the content for like six months. And I go back and the hockey stick turned down and you know, because 
It's a consistency game. It's doing all of these things together, but it's it's hard to explain to people, especially in an organization. They look like I work at, you know, Flugder Gullion. No one could possibly know more about Flugder Gullion than I do or we do. So of course they're going to end up on our website. And I would tell them like, well, when you search Flugder Gullion, the first thing that comes up is your competitor and it's a paid ad. So congratulations, you've got a competitor who wants to own you, but guess what? They, they now you're, you're a target for them and they're winning. (laughs) yeah that happens more often than not and and you know that the second part of that story you know that expectations is is important right because it it gives you a better picture of how long it takes but the second part is is what you mentioned is is actually having a plan and and one of the things i i tried to do you know when i started teaching at at cal state fullerton and started kind of borrowing some of my own content to create our own little you know simple training program was was to try to was to try to fold in the the specific audits and the specific strategies that you you need to follow to be um, successful in search for all the things we just mentioned, right? The the keyword research element and building out what that content map should look like and how the pages should be optimized. The the off page visibility features you just mentioned broken links. You know we recovered somewhere close to five thousand broken links um, for one of our restaurant chains that had fifteen different URLs for this promo they ran every year and they forwarded it every year. And I'm like you know there was there was veteran and .gov and these these other big websites. Um, that we're linking to these pages that are no longer there. So, so we finally helped them create a permanent URL, redirected all 15 of those, and and recovered you know thousands of really helpful links that Google is going to use when they're scoring our site holistically. But um, but yeah, having that plan. So we we put all our templates in there, the same templates we use for those brands I mentioned. So if if you wanted to do a technical audit and follow the 72 different things we recommend looking at from page speed and accessibility and all those things we mentioned, um, they're all in there with a little video on how to do it. And um, the Google developer link that you'll need when your webmaster comes back and says, your SEO person doesn't know what they're talking about. And you can say, well, it's not them, it's (laughs) Google. Here's the link. And they're like, fine, I'll just do it. Developers and SEOs don't always play well together. But uh, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's the component. I wouldn't I wouldn't jump into SEO um, cold. I would I would definitely start with a strategy. You know, map out all those URLs you already have on your website, put them in a Google Sheet, and then go column by column on different SEO focal points, such as titles and headings and image names and page names. Um, how many internal links from other pages on my website do I have pointing to that page? And what words do I use in those links to help the search engines as they're crawling uh, sort of define what those pages are about before they even get to them? So I would, I would start there, build that strategy, get that tech audit squared away, get your content and keyword research um, ready to rock in, in a Google Sheet somewhere or in a project management system, figure out where you need to be getting links where competitors have them, get some creative ideas going on ways that you can you can build links um, you know, by getting other influencers and subject matter experts involved in that content process so that they feel um, somewhat obligated to participate in, in the visibility of that content. Um, you know, and then lastly, get get a baseline report going so that in a year from now, when you're like, hey, check out how great my my organic traffic's going and how well we're doing with our SEO. Um, well, great. Where'd we start? Oh, I don't I don't know. We didn't we didn't create a baseline report. I don't know. We're just but we're doing really good. <laughs> so it's good yeah. to have that and you know pay attention to it for sure. The 
let's get into the fun. What is the what are the myths and truths of core web vitals? I've I've struggled with this one because I sort of have a poke at the folks at Google. God bless the folks at Google, but they drive me drive me a little nutty sometimes because yeah. they'll have something like they introduce this idea of core web vitals and the idea that you're going to get effectively deranked based on the performance of your page. And then the bitter irony of it is that the blog that Google wrote on their developer site about doesn't core pass. web vitals doesn't pass core web vitals. I know we were laughing about that too. My, some of my students were doing that and I'm like, you, you guys are brilliant. That's so funny that you use the actual site to, and we did the same thing on the accessibility for the ADA accessibility guidelines. Doesn't pass yeah. ADA accessibility guidelines. <laughs> yeah. So much for practice what we preach, right? But yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I guess so, it's, it's yeah, not really. The, so the thing I really want to separate for people is like it's a guide. It's a it's a factor, but it's not literally like you fail CWV and you're off Google. Like it it. So, but you're. That's me. That's my hypothesis. So correct, correct my people that are sure. not smart and they listen to me. You know, I, I, I always, I always try to focus on being principle based and with principles we've already talked about, right. Is, is be relevant to the search term that someone's searching for, um, you know, be visible off the website and, uh, be helpful, you know, when they do find you in the search results. And when they do get to your page, if you're, like we said before, if you're nurturing those three areas, uh, you're probably going to be affecting your core web vitals in the process because you're trying to make your page faster and better over time. So I would say if, if you're if you're still focusing on those three things, um, you're going to worry less about little things like a core web vital or um, you know or one of the the mini tools that you could use to sort of um, test or, or audit your website. Uh, but I know John Mueller made a point about this recently at Google. He said that it's more than a tiebreaker. You know, my my first my first thought about it was, oh, just one of those tiebreaker things where hey, if our content's just as good and our links and visibility off the website are just as good and our click-through rates are equal, then they're going to choose the one that loads faster for mobile users and looks better for mobile users um, as a tiebreaker. But he came back and he said, no, it's more than that. And then the the conspiracy started coming in from my peers, right? And and they're not always wrong. Uh, one conspiracy theory is that Google's trying to save some money. And if if websites um, are faster to, to crawl and to navigate to and to collect data about, that it's going to save their servers a bit of money and having to wait for things to load and um, and to render assets that take a long time like images. So um, they want to make the internet a faster place. And with you know 60 to to 80% of your users being on mobile devices. For our restaurant chains, 84% of them are mobile mobile devices. It makes sense that they're they're continuously pushing us to provide faster and better user experiences for mobile users. They've been telling us about that, you know, since you know the early 2010s. Um, they started putting information out about it in 2014. And we saw the pivot in 2014 from more people going on mobile than on desktop. So it just makes sense. It's a natural evolution of how we want to improve, you know, experiences overall for users, not just for Google, but, you know, for our visitors. And if you haven't since 2014 been working to provide a better mobile experience, that's not Google giving you a penalty. That's you being somewhat ignorant to the fact that your users care about their mobile experience. 
you want to tell people like, when's the last time you ran, waited until you got home to search for something? No, you're standing outside of a store and you're looking right. at a chair and you Google how much is this chair at Target, you know, mm -hmm. or, or wherever. And of course, that's, that's the pattern of usage. And it's funny, like you said, that we've got this dichotomy that there's better bandwidth, faster networks, and we obviously are putting more rich content in there, but it's counter to what you would imagine. You would think that with the level of streaming capability we've got, with all of the work we can do, that now is when Adobe Flash should be taking off <laughs> because that ability to do really high res, rich media, you know, experiences should be there, but because it, is client-side versus server-side processing. There's a lot of other reasons we're, we're moving towards, you know, oh, and also searchability, right? Like if I put that up there, it's, it's, a, it's an effective black box. Even yeah. putting my stuff, I use You can put Vimeo. metadata in Flash, but that's, right. yeah. You know, metadata. so I use Vimeo for hosting a lot of content that I have on a couple of different websites I've got because I like can sort of control the end user experience better. But then I realized I'm like, dang it, I'm getting just ravaged on sort of searchability because there's not, I'm not doing the right things versus if I put it on YouTube, it's like auto chaptering for me. It's doing a lot of really neat things that now auto I'm like, captions. okay, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Like that's, they're, they're huge boosts for, for potential. So I've got to, merge with the the way the systems are moving versus the way I would like to run my operation. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just, just big picture wise, you know, like, like we talked about, if you, if you have a strategy and, and you're, you're paying attention to those, those principles that we know are going to help our visibility. And, you know, I, I have to tell you, I, these marketing students that I've been working with, I think I've, I've taught probably close to 400 now, they are dying to get practice for free. A lot of them, so if, if you if you feel constrained, like you mentioned earlier, Eric, like hey, all these things I want to do, I want to do my content map. Uh, but if you if you let go and you delegate to somebody who's really interested in in learning digital marketing, like one of these students, you know, thousands of students across the country um, that you could talk to that are in digital marketing certificate programs, reach out to the teachers and say, hey, you have any students that want to volunteer and and do some SEO work for us? Um, you know, you. You have the teacher is going to be a guide. I, I never um, recommend a, a student go to a client and not stay um, to some degree to make sure that they're doing a good job and that they have what they need because I want to see them successful. So not only do you get the student, most of the time you also get the professor. So so something to think about if you are kind of feeling overwhelmed, like, hey, there's a lot of stuff here. I just want to, I just want to run my business. I don't want to have to do all this, this digital marketing stuff. I suggest talking to a, a digital marketing student and seeing if they can get involved, have them take a, a course that's, you know, holistic across everything that we do in search, whether it's our Academy of Search site or um, a LinkedIn search academy or a Yoast Academy or a distilled uh, SEO Academy, right? There's all these different um, certificate programs that are available that go through the gamut. Um, ours, by the way, if your listeners want uh, to, to take our $600 course for free, just, just use my handle SEO Steve. And I'm happy to, to give them that opportunity to kick the tires. And all I ask is that you give me some feedback and let me know what you think and what you'd like to see uh, changed or improved. But just go to Academy of Search, use SEO Steve and, and um, 
or send your your marketing uh, intern or marketing student uh, to that course and then you know have them uh, contact me if if they want a second set of eyes or you know anyone on the team here Nice. Well, thank you for that. We'll definitely do what I can to to load people into into there because I think this is, like you said, it's a rich opportunity. There, it, it often feels like you know, so. Always joke, you'd go to the you go to the community mailbox on one side of the mailbox. It says lost dog with you know missing part of right ear, you know, answers to lucky, whatever it's going to be. And then you go on the other side and it just says found dog with no collar. Or missing part of ear and you're like literally there's on opposite sides of the same box but if we just connected you two folks together we could do some pretty incredible things and right. there are students who they want to get real world implementation of the stuff and and it's yeah. a and you may find your next employee as a result right it's, half our it, team it, started as as interns here some of them yeah. five years ago and now they're creative directors you know now they're they're uh, web analytics experts, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, giving them a chance, give somebody a, and, and one of the reasons I like this idea versus hiring a veteran, I don't want to beat myself up since, you know, I've, I've got 23 odd years of experience, um, is that the, the students aren't ingrained with practices that are outdated. They're not right. going to do something that that isn't really beneficial to SEO. Um, they're using, you know, fresh content, and they're um, they're thinking in today's world. They're not going back to 2002, 2003, and reading eBooks. Right? <laughs> so um, so there's an advantage, you know, not to sort of diss my peers, but I can tell you, you mean my Sam's publishing guide for SEO from 2004 <laughs> is no longer valid. Yeah, <laughs> Dang yeah, it! My, my eBooks too are floating around out there, and I always when I see one, I'm like, hey, why don't I give you the updated version of that or whatever? So um, yeah, I think I think that's that's an advantage that you'll have over some of the competitors who are working with some older um you know seo folks that that aren't staying up to date with trends and and tests that could be ran to improve search in today's search results right so uh, lots of opportunity there lots of of um you know uh, students that uh, would die to have a chance to work for free for you just to get their hands dirty you know what because in in effect these folks are most likely the next economy, right? Like this is, we look at today, we've gone through like just such a, I don't even know how to describe, you know, what the world has experienced in the past 18 to 24 months now. I mean, it's bizarre is, is an understatement of just how, just how unexpected so many things are. And as we see people looking at this kind of, uh, sort of the great resignation as they're calling it, where, because they really want to, you know, just they want to control their outcomes and there's potential to do this. And these are the ideal folks that they can start a true, you know, a digital only organization, company, product, blog, whatever it is. When I started in blogging, it was never done with the intent of running it as a business. I did it because I was just some goofball sysadmin who kept bumping into weird problems. And so I'm like, I'm just going to write this down because it forces me to document it. That's how and I then it. the first time I saw like this little like boost of like this, this is tiny little post on like how to fix one specific thing with VMware virtualization. And so I'm like, okay, so I, I just kept writing these things. You know, I kept writing these effectively like how to articles and how to fix this thing. And next thing you know, you've got 40,000 views a month yeah. just because I wrote down what I was doing once in a while. It wasn't even like I 
It wasn't even purposeful Do or intentional. Your, your own resolutions to problems you're finding. I love it. Yeah. And and then I was like, okay, now what if I was actually purposeful with this? And and I then I met a lot of folks who went that really to the next level. And they're like, I'm going to begin looking for the questions that need to be answered. And and they effectively were able to go completely independent because they just said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go with the advertising route. I'm going to do that. At that point, it was potential. And uh, so it was really interesting. And, and we're now at that that new point where you can make this foray into a, a self-starting world. It's, you know, it's got to be done with purpose. It's got to be done with a plan. And yeah. hopefully, you know, as a the side hustle, you know, economy, it's not just about, you know, Gary V yelling at you that you're not working hard enough. <laughs> it is truly about the opportunity of if I just took a couple of hours a week. Yep. And I always tell people like I, I I posted this the other day. I said, like as a joke on on Twitter, I said, everybody keeps telling me they don't have time for a side hustle. I said, I found it. And just like this, I sent a screenshot of the screen time part of your iPhone. Like if you took an hour off of social media or off of you know, something mm -hmm. and, you know, just wrote something down, answered a question, found a way to engage a world that you don't even realize is out there. Right. Next thing you know, with purpose and with intent and schooling, right? So there it is, right? You go and you get involved in, in the academy and mm -hmm. just take that and put it into action. It's, uh, it's such a beautiful opportunity for so many people right now. For sure. I know I know a lot of my, my students, even people who've, who've been to my meetup groups over the years, have developed businesses, in some cases, just selling technical SEO audits. Like, hey, do you want to know what's wrong with your website and why it's not showing up in search results, you know, for $500 or whatever, you know, I can run an audit and tell you. And then they, then they outsource the outreach to local businesses like the Philippines. Then they, yeah. then they outsource the actual audit work to the Philippines. Um, and all they have to do is a quality assurance. And it's like, like how much money are you making a month right now? One guy's like, I'm making $8,000 a month selling $500 audits. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I, could, I could have retired. So um, yeah, and it's there's, there's so much to be made in, in this industry because it is, like you mentioned, like a black box. And starting with an audit gives gives clients a plan. Here's what you need to work on. And whether you hire a developer to, to do it or uh, bring someone in house or work with an agency, at least you know what needs to be done and let them worry about the how. The the path to here, it's interesting. Like you said, there's I'm gonna counterpoint you your your point earlier. You said it's good to grab somebody who's kind of fresh eyes, right? That they've got no how it's already been done baked in. Yep. How do you make the path from open BMS to SEO specialist? You've <laughs> got a lot of history, a lot of stuff that you've had to be very good at and then shake as you moved into the next thing. So you progressively became new in a right. lot of things. So Steve, what, how do you make that jump? <laughs> a lot, a lot of late nights in the beginning, not long-term. I, I get home at a normal time now, but um, there was a time where I worked a lot of late nights. Um, I volunteered that was the biggest thing. Can I, Hey, can I do your website for you? Hey, can I, can I, um, you know, can I be your, your SEO person and, and do some SEO stuff for you? Cause I'm, I'm playing around with all this, this knowledge that I'm learning. I'm really interested in it, but I don't want to, um, 
I don't want to get paid to do something when I don't have a lot of experience. So could I could I just do a few for free? Or help your DJ business, your you know your um, local locksmith business, or your um, florist business? Right? Can I can I do some work for you for free to get some experience? You know, I did that as a freelance while I was working full time at IBM, and um, just got more and more passionate about it. I went back to school, like you'd mentioned. I got a degree in e-business management, where I got to touch all the different areas of digital marketing from you know, from setting up the server on on Windows and Apache to uh, learning about how databases work, to graphic design and web design and use user experience, and then project management, pulling all those things together into a project plan. So, um, you know, the 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 freelance hours up till two in the morning, sometimes no sleep, uh, just just digging in and and getting my hands dirty with it. To building processes on how to get better at it. Each time I I did it, I was like, all right, I'm not going to do that mistake again. I'm going to put that into a process, um, you know. And then you know, uh, eventually going back to school and deciding this is what I want to do as a career. So that was that was the transition for me. Was um, you know, one acknowledging that I had a passion for something that wasn't you know uh, running batch jobs on an open BMS system, uh, to you know, to something that was really fascinating to me, which was you know the the web. So if, if, and you don't have to go through all of that again, because those of us who've already been through it for you have created lists and guides and, and helpful training programs so that you don't have to, um, you know, go through that journey. Um, so I would, I would start there. One of the things that we do uh, here at Weedman is every morning when we're getting our morning coffee, um, we spend 10, 20 minutes reading through our Feedly account, Feedly, F-E-E-D-L-Y. Um, and after the uh, call today, I'll, Eric, I'll actually share uh, a link to the file that I use, um, and it'll give you basically a, a newspaper of what's going on in digital marketing today. I like to look at the news feeds first from um, like Search Engine Land, Search Engine Journal, um, you know, Marketing Land, right? All, all of those, um, what's happening right now in the industry first, and then below that, it'll be blog feeds from some of my favorite authors on topics such as local SEO and multi-location search, e-commerce, um, use the usability and conversion rate optimization, right? All of those are bucketed into their own little groups. So whatever you're interested in, you can view it that way. And every morning, we we sort of sharpen the saw and we we find what's what's being talked about in the those industries. And as you start doing that, you start finding rabbit holes and you dig into them and you learn. So every day you're learning for you know ten to to twenty minutes. Um, you know, while you're getting into the office. And it's a great way to start the day because now you're you're thinking about what you learned throughout the day, um, you know, and, uh, and getting smarter and better at digital marketing. And just as a practice of life, it's such a great way to do it, right? Enrich your your mind first and your body with a little tasty coffee. Nothing wrong with that. I like that. Yep. <laughs> Somebody who owns a coffee. In UK, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this is... You know, definitely the the putting it into you know passion, and I'm always seeing the interesting again sort of split of people that say you know follow your passion is the best thing or the worst thing that you can do, but it's follow your passion towards a viable future, and I really think that's that's the thing that you've done. It wasn't just like oh I'm really excited about reading websites, you know, or or, or learning about the thing probably had a plan of like, I want to be able to do this and have this be the thing that I do. And it gives you that sort of very purposeful outcome. And it gives you a, a bit of a goal setting process to head towards something. 
if you, somebody's you can become yeah so you, you become kind of like a futurist you start to think about you know where where things are going to go and if if i were to start today and i was brand new and and really curious about this seo thing i think where i might start is becoming a voice search expert i think i would start by sort of coining myself as a you know a google assistant or an alexa voice search expert and i would start mastering the different areas that you want to focus on from from uh, voice to text APIs with, with Google to um, playing with the Google Action Console and Alexa, Alexa skills, you know, consoles, getting into those and, and really kicking the tires around how people are using voice search, you know, with 180, I think it's like 180 voice search devices going out every minute now to, to different homes and offices. It's going to be the the you know the next evolution of you know how we search as we start to untether ourselves from our our mobile devices. So, I think if I were going to start today, yeah, I would learn the basics of SEO, but I think I would focus my 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 energy around things that are to come, such as voice search. When I got into it and I decided I want to be in in digital marketing, it was because I I had this idea that all businesses would be online someday, you know, and all businesses would have a website and. I'm I'm glad that came to fruition because because of it I've I've created a career. The uh, the old famous Gretzky line of you don't you skate where the puck is going not where it is <laughs> now right and, and there's a certain element you have to be able to make sure that you could do a thing that's viable financially you know for today but and I think this is where people often get sort of stuck. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about SEO. They're thinking about their website. They're thinking about a few different things. And they either think, A, it's too early to think about SEO. I just launched this company. We just came out of stealth. It's too early to think about SEO. Alternatively, they say, well, there really is no SEO because Google keeps changing the rules and changing the game. Uh, unpack those two myths. Sure. Uh, well, the the latter is... Um, leveraging your paid search data, right? So if you're unconvinced about SEO, look at your paid search insights at what search terms are actually converting and what placements in your display targeting are, are generating business for you and and have that be where you start. Start with your own data from what you learned and using the paid search side of, of search to augment what you're doing on the organic side. That way you're optimizing around what's actually converting, not necessarily what's driving the most traffic. So I think a data-driven SEO strategy can not only um, make sure that you're driving the right visitors to the website based on how you're optimizing, but it can re- reduce your costs on the paid search side because now, because you've edited your, your web pages that you're sending traffic to from paid ads, they're going to give you better ad relevancy scores. They're going to give you better landing page scores because now your keywords and your ads match the copy and the words that are used on the page itself. So I think that's that's one myth of you know organic um, doesn't work anymore. It's just paid. And if you believe that, then start using paid and and leverage the data to you know to create a better organic strategy. And either way, you're going to see better results in paid. <laughs> um, and I think the other part is um, you know you, you mentioned there's a, a lot of myths I think with with search. Um, you know, just just getting started with it, it can be, um, like you said, overwhelming, like a like a black box a little bit. And I think what what I've noticed successful business owners do is they reach out to somebody who's a seasoned, you know, consultant and get a score. Ask, how am I doing in this area? I do email marketing as part of our business. How's my email marketing doing on a one to ten scale? 
um, hey, SEO person, can you take a look at my overall SEO and give me a score from one to 10? How am I doing? You know, how, how much can I improve? Um, hey, I'm doing some paid search. Um, hey, paid search expert, um, you know, who used to work for Google, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, could you take a look at my my Google ads, my Bing ads, and my Facebook ads and, and give me a score? How optimized am I? How much more could I be doing? How much better could I be doing? Go to go to the experts, spend the 250 for an hour of, of their time and get them to, you know, to, to put you on the right path of, you know, where you could be improving. And um, maybe depending on your budget, you only do that once every six months. Hey, help me recalibrate. How am I doing compared to six months ago when we talked? Um, I did those things you mentioned. It looks like I'm getting better traction. What can I do next? Just just do a little bit at a time if it helps you. But it but don't don't try to figure it out yourself, right? If you're overwhelmed by it, go to somebody who's a seasoned expert on it. Have them build a roadmap for you, or at least get you started, um, so that way you don't feel like you're just winging it. This really is the the thing too. And also, I I tell people all the time, don't. Don't ask the people that work at your company how your company is doing on visibility. Like it's the way that people who don't know about you are yeah. are finding you. That we, I, I did an email, you know, campaign for a uh, an organization that I'm an advisor to, and it's hilarious. The only people that don't open the bloody emails are the ones that have the the domain name in of the company. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to sort of say like we're doing this really neat thing. Yeah. And in the end, I realized, well, all that matters is that the people that are prospective customers are making it all the way through this customer journey and right. their conversion ratios are are lining up. The fact that I can't get the, you know, the sales people to, you know, read the bloody emails, that's because they just, they're already sort of bought in and they're, they're, it's captive audience. They're not my target audience, really. It's, sure. but it's hard for us because we look and we'll say, you know, you're going to come into an organization. They're going to say, "Hey, this is Steve. Steve's going to tell us how we can do our SEO," and then that person's going to go and like the head of sales is like, "No, nah, the way we do this is we grind it out on the street." <laughs> you know, and I, <laughs> I remember having this this funny, not an argument, but sort of a, a, a an interesting back and forth conversation with somebody one time, and he okay. said, "In the end, marketing sales greater than marketing." when it comes to, you know, business drivers and business growth. Interesting. Okay. And I said, well, it's funny. I said, it's actually got to be a plus, not a greater than. And in fact, without marketing, there's nothing to sell. Right. And I said, I'm just curious, how do you think that that salesperson gets the prospective customer list? Mm -hmm. And he says, by hitting the streets, and I said, how do you think he got the addresses to go to? You know, it's email lists, it's pixel tracking, mm -hmm. it's customer journeys, it's all of these things. But depending on your, I'll say your your sort of anecdotal experience, it's very easy for people to lose sight of. It's a, it's a group of things that come together beautifully. Certainly, you can't just shed your sales team and be 100% successful with just a bunch of landing pages. But put these things together and think about it as a, as a machine. And right. I think that's kind of where you need to be. And I think, I think um, there might, we might've actually found a benefit of this whole great resignation too. Some of those folks that, uh, that were, were furloughed and aren't coming back, we hope are those that are, are sort of 
tied into their old ways. And some of the, the new people that are going to be coming in are going to look at things and go, why were you doing things like this? And, you know, yeah. and hopefully some of those, those smart new people are going to come in and, um, you know, help reinvent the way that we approach everything in sales and marketing. And I'm already seeing that in, in many of the enterprise brands that we've been working with over the last couple of months have brought in new people that are, are interested in being involved in MarTech that are, um, that have questions, you know, and, and that's amazing. Cause now, now we have buy-in, now we have a, a partner and we're not trying to consistently convince our clients of why we need to do something. They've got these new people that aren't set in their ways that want to know why, why are we doing this? Ask, ask me why, you know, eight times in a conversation. And I know you're somebody who I want to work with. Right. Yeah. So anyway, even just, just the, like the way we do things, it, what I do think that we've gained as a benefit was that every organization that said there's no, you know, sorry, you can't work from home. It's going to break up the team dynamic and we will be ineffective as an organization because of that. Well, y'all learned some hard lessons and we adapted. It was bought by choice for sure. And I would gladly trade everything away to go back to the angry office worker <laughs> lifestyle just to know that we could avoid what we've all gone through as a as a society. However, yeah. the fact that you immediately went back to first principles, like, okay, everybody's working from home. How do we keep them connected? How do we make sure that we like we rapidly responded and then we kept waiting new things would happen and we'd have to go back again to sort of very socratic first principles approaches to things over and over again and when you start with a company the first thing they do is they say what's your 30 60 90. Mm -hmm. like i don't know what about what's your 180. like that like you at 90 it just is like ah <laughs> like, no, we should always have a 30, 60, 90. We should always be questioning and rethinking and looking at what's out there. Go into your Feedly in the morning and seeing what's happening in the world. Adjust your day, your week as a result. Like life is a series of sprints, not a well-planned marathon <laughs> that goes no kidding. well. Yeah, I think a lot of us that that are in dynamic industries like, like SEO really feed off of of new things right new apps new we we nerd out over um different ways to try things hey let's try this agile process let's try this new project management system let's let's switch from you know this the spreadsheet program thing that we're using and let's let's experiment with some templates in google sites since we're already on google workspace and we're constantly open to the idea of testing new things for the, the point of betterment and that that mindset of let's let's see how we can do better this week than we did last week. Let's see how we can do better. Like you said, 30, 60, 90, um, I, I think is something that, that creates an amazing culture. I think people who don't fit into those cultures, uh, working from home, especially, uh, will find their way out quickly on their own because they'll see everybody else engaging in conversations on Slack and in projects that we're working on, you know, they'll see them interact and be part of our, our weekly meetings and discussions. Uh, and those that are quiet, those that don't participate, those that kind of do their own thing, those that like habits and routines and not uh, interested in trying new things, um, you know, they they are going to be part of that great resignation or or find you know a, a an older type business to work in that uh, that isn't as exciting and vibrant as what we do in digital marketing. Yeah, this is the the opportunity is incredible. 
for folks that that want to grab onto it and you know by no means you know there's there's obviously a lot of people that this is just this type of thing is it's tough to wrap your head around it's the idea of going it alone or or whatever it's not certainly not for everybody but in the same way that you know there's people that have a thirst or they need a little nudge to like oh wait a second you mean i can go and i can i can say seo steve and i got a free course all right let me give this a whirl right like just give them that little nudge and uh, and make sure that we can do this and this is what i i have a huge respect for your approach to it steve because that is right we've we're blessed that we are able to do these things and then when we do a little bit of a give back like you say next thing you know that person that took that free course is like hey i've actually started my own little mini agency and i see that you've got a job posting so you know and that's that's where it all comes together you know and and or, same... or even just making a connection and that you yeah. don't even have to be the one that that gets the direct benefit but you connect to people that need each other you know a a business and a platform for example and they remember that the platforms will come back and say you've you've sent a lot of business our direction we want to do something give back to you and next thing you know you get some free marketing and get invited to some fun events um you know so it's it's great it, it all it all kind of plays together when you uh, when you give you know and and you don't expect anything back you know i think the universe recognizes that and and rewards you down the road yeah the most rewarding you know, like monetarily rewarding things have been things that i gave away for a long time with never thinking about you know what what's the outcome to this it was purely just a you know i wrote a little ebook i'm like all right let me try this i i i ended up i was that guy i like saw a neat thing on instagram i'm like okay let me give this a whirl you know and and it was actually it's a company called sam carts and those but it's my my shout out to those folks they're they're really slick they had a really great and i more it was i want to be a student of how they they did it like how mm -hmm. they pulled people through because i'm like i know that this works so i want to see how this machine works and it was worth the 300 bucks for me to just to see it in action and i was like okay so this is it i gotta i gotta do something with this now <laughs> and so i i started joke i said i rage wrote a book in a weekend i was like i've spent 300 dollars. i need to do something about this so i wrote a book in a in a weekend and then used another company that they recommended called beacon and i i had it done up in a pdf in like a day and a half and amazing and i i put it out there and like it got just gentle every once in a while people would pick it up i'm like but it was just for me to like test the process i'm like and what it did is it i went with that immediate thought i went to my you know meeting for the marketing team at work and we're like hey you know we've got some new campaign we're running and i was like you know what you need we need let's try and do a landing page with like basically a seven step flow. And I took this like Sam cart methodology and by golly, it worked. Right. And like I said, you know, I would, I work with you and we do things and next, you know, I'm like, okay, so Steve says we should try this. I'm like, let's just pick this page, do this, do these things, run this checklist. And the fact that you're excited to give it a whirl. And then what happens, you know, now, you know, many, many months later, I'm like over a year in and it's like, I've sold a couple of hundred copies of this book without ever having to go back and revisit it. And it's, it's great because then people now will come back and they're like, wait a second, 
I think I, I think you wrote a book that I read. And it's fun because then those are people that you can do other things with. And, and that's really the connection that I wanted. I love I'd, that. I'd rather give the book away. And so I literally just dropped it to $5. I'm like, I don't care about making money off this. Yeah. I just wanted to pay for my annual membership. So I'm I, done. I'm good. I actually had somebody go to one of my meetup groups in the, in the 2000s when I was still SEO Steve as, as kind of a brand who actually had me sign my my first ebook, The Four Layers of the SEO Model. And I'm like, I think you don't get the idea of why it's called an ebook, but okay. <laughs> and I signed it. I drove, you know, 50 miles from North LA to come hang out with you. And, and I'm like, awesome. Good to have you. Can, can you sign my ebook? And uh just an ebook <laughs> it was so weird but, uh, yeah that was that was strange but it was it was yeah, the fact that you write something that that people find value in uh whether it's a blog post an ebook or even a textbook you know gives you that sense of of posterity i've left something behind to people that that um will help them on their journey to get either where you know i am today or hopefully yeah. even above that yeah and that's really that, that's that's what it is so there you go so you are you're doing number one congratulations so just on what you do on a daily basis just as a, as a company you're you're doing well uh you've taken the right approach and like i said i could we could probably spend four hours nerding out about everything from open vms and all the craziness we went through it's hilarious that like when I started, and this is just my last little closer, right? When I started at Sun Life, all of the people that I worked with were like AVP of, you know, system unit or whatever it was, right? There were VPs and AVPs. Mm -hmm. And I would say like, how did you get here? Well, they all worked there for 23 years <laughs> and they started in like the print shop. Yeah. And, and it was like they... They literally were mailroom people that were now VPs. I'm like, this is like that secret to my success movie with Michael Keaton. Yeah. Like you could actually well, do he it. He took some shortcuts there. Let's be, let's be fair. Yeah. That's right. He did. But like, <laughs> here we are. And I, I sort of, you know, then, you know, 15 years later, I said, like, I had a good friend of mine who worked in the mailroom at the, the company that I worked at. And I was like, all I could think was, you know, where this guy's going to be in 23 years. He's going to be the senior mailroom guy. Like that's there. He won't be the AVP of a business unit. Like it's a yeah. fundamentally different organizational style. And we don't do that sort of progression through. But what you can do is you can, you can take a skill and then apply it to maybe inside a business unit. And then maybe you go to a competitor and then maybe you end up coming back. And this sort of leapfrog effect now is, is possible. And nowadays, maybe you just do this a couple hours a night and you know three nights a week and you don't have to worry about leaving your job you just keep your job mm -hmm. and then next thing you know this thing's generating 30 percent of your income and you're like okay if i did it more then and you can and now you it, have it choice is. and that's the best yeah. the best feeling in the world is knowing that you know what i don't have to be here i'm making enough money with the other things that i've, I've been doing with my my free time that i can i can leave here and get a couple more of those other clients and and do this full time if I want to. So sometimes sometimes it's not just about the um, you know the the job. It's it's about you know having having control over your choices. And so many people feel imprisoned. If I leave this, I don't know if I can get another job somewhere. I don't know if you know if I can get my job back or if I'm going to be paid the same or if I'm going to retain you know my my seniorities and so forth. So they're right. they're so worried after working that many years for a company. That they feel entrapped and um i think i think that's 
that's reasonable to feel that way. But there's enough people who've survived that um, that if you believe in yourself enough, uh, start like you said, start doing it on your free time. Uh, prove to yourself that you can do it. And if you still like your day job and you want to keep it, great. But at least now you know that you don't need that job. You can be more confident with your boss and your manager and and make bigger decisions. And if they fire you, you've got something on the side that you can fall back on. It is a, it is a great potential for, for yeah. many people. So, all right. And I hope that we can see more and more folks. So reach out if you want to find out about this kind of stuff. You know, uh, people are always... I do appreciate it. I should get a lot of good emails from folks who are like, hey, listen to this episode. I'm curious. Like, and and we get to dig in on on stuff and we actually helped a few people take awesome. on new careers. So uh, and on that note, Steve, what's the best way for people to reach you if they wanted to get in touch? Sure. I'm I'm SEO Steve everywhere. Uh, we also have eight other guys on my team, uh, folks on my team that uh, if you just want to ask a day to day question, just weed them in everywhere. W-I-I-D-E-M-A-N. We love to help small businesses. We do a lot of free work to try to give back. So if there's a question we can answer, why isn't my page ranking? Why is this competitor beating me? Ask us. We'd love to help you. So um, hopefully we'll see you on social media, SEO Steve or Wiedemann. Uh, and uh, thanks for thanks for giving me the opportunity to hang out with you, Eric. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, like I said I could go all day. Sadly, I've got another meeting. <laughs> Still got that day job. So I got to uh, we both. thank you very much, Steve. Thank you.